It takes more than a great curried function to be a great software engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 78. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show for software developers about non-technical subjects. That was so concise. I feel like we've taken a while to hone in on a single (laughs) sentence, but that's the sentence. I can't remember what I said, though. Oh. So we won't be able to repeat that. Well, it'll be lost forever because yep. this has gone straight to DevNull. <laughs> okay, we have a couple of good questions. I kind of want to just dive right into them. Let's do it. Okay, I shall read the first one. This is from an anonymous listener. Hello, Jameson and Dave. I am currently stuck on a project that has been rewritten more than 10 times without any release. Basically, every time the designer updates a mock-up, they want me to develop it, even if they have never tested the feature. How can I make them see that they are just wasting everybody's time? Oh, ouch. I, I don't know about you, Jameson, but when I write code that doesn't get shipped, that is like the most demotivating thing to me as a software developer. Um, I feel great because my strategy of not doing anything has paid off. <laughs> it's always just a gamble. That's a, that's like, a good will point. Will this actually ship? No, then I'm going to take two weeks to go learn Unity. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess, I guess it's pretty good for the pager as well. Like you can't get paged for software that never ships. Yeah, that's true. Uptime is really high on unshipped code. (laughs) I sleep great. (laughs) Yeah. I think I've had it all wrong all these years. No, that is a good point. It is super demotivating, especially if you work hard on something and you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. And especially if you go through that, like, second 90% of effort to get something ready for release, mm-hmm. um, where you're at the point where uh, you're just, like, so sick of it and just so ready to get it out in front of oh, people. Yeah. yeah. You're just done fixing dumb little bugs that have popped up, and you want to find the huge, disgusting bugs that will pop up <laughs> when real users hit it. <laughs> so you're saying even a midnight pager wake-up would be better than fixing these stupid bugs. <laughs> Well, not quite that. More just like you're just ready, right? You've you've put so much effort into it and you want to yeah. see how people react to it. Yeah. And it feels like the rug gets pulled out from under you. How about we just rewrite it instead? I don't know. I, I, I know some developers who I think would love that. It's like, oh, I've been wanting to rewrite this piece of crap code base that I developed. Let's do it. You know? Yeah, that's the dream sometimes, right? This time I'll get it right. Mm-hmm. The, the technical parts will be perfect. Mm-hmm. There will be no bad parts. <laughs> I'll make no mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. I worked at a company that iterated for years on this product and got it ready for release several times only to have these giant brainstorm vision sessions that would result in scrapping the project and starting over with a a new uh, related, pretty similar concepts and then building it all again. (sighs) And we eventually released it and it was out for a couple months and then the company had to pivot for financial reasons so <laughs> after hmm. years of effort and probably millions of dollars in salary and everything uh there's just nothing to show for it because it never got released do you think those financial problems had anything to do <laughs> no they couldn't it couldn't be related well here's the thing uh you can't raise any funding on a bad product but you can raise funding, I guess, on, on a product that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know all the details about why it happened. I, I heard 
a little bit that it might have happened because of worrying about having one chance to get it right mm -hmm. and, and worrying it wasn't perfect. So mm -hmm. it would just get released. And if it wasn't right, it would just bomb and then the company would be doomed. So yeah. postponing that doom was preferable to finding out it was doomed. Oh, well, makes sense, I guess. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. But literally just postponing the doom. <laughs> Right, I I don't know I don't know that it was any more likely to succeed because it got postponed for years. I had a similar thought as you, like when I read this question ten times rewritten. How is this company still in business? Yeah, usually money makes it so you can't do that. That's right. <laughs> you don't if you don't do anything for the time it takes to rewrite something ten times. Like I don't know. How do you have? Maybe it's a big company and mm. this is a rounding error in their budget. Yeah, maybe to pay this team of developers for years oh man yeah so that was my first thought how how on earth is this even possible but apparently it is so i'd say if you're stuck in this position and you're wondering how to get out of it don't worry it'll be over soon oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think the thing that would be most demoralizing is thinking you know i could have done nothing for the past two years or however mm -hmm. long it took to rewrite it 10 times and I would be in the same state as I am right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's sad. So uh, there's a, I think it's a pretty common meme, not in like the funny picture way, but the, the mm -hmm. shared idea that spreads way mm -hmm. to iterate quickly and get fast feedback from customers. And it's especially among startups. Oh, yeah. So I wonder why this hasn't reached this company. There, there There's a lot of like, frothy inspiring blog posts you can use to back up this idea of mm -hmm. shipping quickly and getting feedback and mm -hmm. the only real feedback is what you get from users and I, I think you have a lot of ammo to try and convince people that you should ship faster yeah or at all <laughs> <laughs> i guess yeah at all is faster than not at all um definitely there, i mean there's even user testing right where you try and build the bare minimum and then just show it to a bunch of users in a room and see what they think and that's a way to iterate and get feedback without committing to fully releasing everything. So if a big release is scary, you can limit the damage by making a fake release to some users who test it. Yeah, it can just be some HTML or it could be a PowerPoint or I don't know. There's a million tools to do this, but the idea is you need to show it to more people than the people creating it to get real feedback. So the question asker says uh, or talks about the designer who is continually updating a mock-up and saying, now develop this. I'm going to guess that the designer is not the person who's causing this to not be released. I'm going to guess mm. it runs deeper than just the designer. And yeah. if I were you, I would go on a mission. It's like a like a safari where you're hunting big game to try to find the root cause of this strange situation where you're not shipping new stuff. And try to figure out where the designer is getting the requirements and figure out why this thing is just not being released. Yeah, this I could see this being a big company bureaucracy thing that the 10 times without release thing means there's some kind of budget that is enormous, possibly. <laughs> and then just arbitrary, capricious things happen in big companies when when the scales get large enough that seem really stupid on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I could see there being some political maneuvering or change in strategy or I mm -hmm. don't know. Which 
might be hard to change, I guess. <laughs> have you have you noticed that your company has gotten 10 new CTOs over the last couple of years? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we talked so much about money, you could just tally the cost, see how much, I don't know, guess how much people make mm -hmm. and multiply that by how long you've been working on this thing for no benefit and just show that to someone and show, hey, we've spent X million dollars. <laughs> For nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah. Can we please ship? Yeah. And see if they go, hmm, that's not quite enough yet. Yeah, yeah. Or if they're like, wow, you way underestimated how much yeah. people make. <laughs> we could get some interesting yes, salary information. This could be revealing no matter what. <laughs> yeah. You you need to be careful not to blame someone, especially the designer, for, for ruining everything. Because uh, once you say the designer messes up everything, they keep redesigning stuff and making it so I have to rebuild it. It's it's really easy to just start pointing fingers and then the designer will immediately say, well, you build stuff too slowly. If you built it faster, then we could iterate faster on the designs and we'd be done faster. So um, I, I guess I'm just trying to caution you against finding someone whose fault it is and then saying, hey, this person's ruining it for everyone. We need to do something about it mm -hmm. um especially if it's coming from higher up that's unlikely to work out well <laughs> you might have to persuade instead of instead of lead a witch hunt against somebody <laughs> and that's where all this stuff about iteration i mean if you're a big company odds are there's some amount of like startup envy that they have mm -hmm. where they want to be cool and mm -hmm. hip and and all those things they think startups are. And so... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that catch-all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I think convincing people that there's a better way might be easier than finding who is ruining it and saying, hey, you're ruining this for everybody. That's a good point. And on the other side of that same coin, you might find that there's actually a perfectly good explanation for this. You know, maybe market forces are dictating that you go one direction or another and you're just the victim of bad luck. Yeah. If that's the case, someone should be able to explain that to you. There's some, mm -hmm. someone knows that. And sh I mean, if I was leading a team that iterated for 10 cycles, however long those take without releasing anything, I, I would be like begging with them not to quit and, mm -hmm. and like explaining everything that was going on in the company that was making this happen. And just, just like, slaving away to give them context about why this wasn't a horrible thing that it looks like mm -hmm. yeah so if if the causes are benign uh you should be able to get an answer pretty easily to that too i guess one thing that might help explain the lack of knowledge here is that uh in some other details that we didn't share this uh listener is actually not in the same country as the headquarters of the company and so it's possible that information flow is a little bit restricted and mm. you're just getting a trickle of the information. And maybe if you had access to some of the people at headquarters, you might find that it's clear to them and uh, it just hasn't reached you. You need a telepresence ball pit. <laughs> so what it is, it's a, it's a ball pit to you. You jump in it. And in the other office, there's a ball pit with a bunch of servos and motors in it. So it like puts the impression of your body in it. That is so such when you a lounge, good idea. They'll see like your arms splayed out and be like, okay, Frederick is, is in the office ready to talk with us. I can see. Oh, his body language shifted. Ah, oh, ball. He threw a ball at us. 
<laughs> you look like the Invisible Man, that movie from the yep. 90s or 80s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need something to increase the communication bandwidth, and I believe you can send a lot of bits through a telepresence ball pit. Absolutely. And the body language is just invaluable. It is. I mean, that's context you don't get over Slack, but you do get <laughs> over a telepresence ball pit. <laughs> oh, add chat to it. Yeah, okay. Add chat to the ball pit. Add, you add chat to every product. That's right. And then you add Snapchat stories to it. Also. Chat is the new email. Yep. It's like you have to add chat to everything. Okay. Okay. So Have we answered the question? I think so. I think the, the idea is track down the root, try not to blame someone an individual and uh, relax because you're not getting paged. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you can change it. I think it's going to be a lot of effort because you're basically trying to change the culture from the bottom up, which, which could be hard, but I think you can do it if you apply yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You can get that corner ball pit. (laughs) You got this. All right. Question answered. Yes. I'll read our next next question. Oh, I took the words right out of your mouth. Take them again from the question. I will. This comes from an anonymous listener. He says, he or she says, at my job, we just finished a release whose deadline got pushed back several times over the last six months due to over-aggressive schedules and feature creep. I didn't know about the deadline change, so I worked longer hours and on more things than was expected compared to my peers. It didn't really get me anything other than some verbal praise and mild burnout. (laughs) That's a nice... That's a nice... uh, bonus there that mild burnout <laughs> i'm always seeking that mild burnout something very similar sorry continue it really takes the edge off yeah. <laughs> okay uh continuing something very similar happened at a previous place i worked at so i'm wondering if it's a general thing or just me overworking myself is there a good way to recognize or manage deadlines that aren't really deadlines hmm hmm I mean, all deadlines are fake to some degree. Yeah. Well, like, in, in the aggregate, they're real. I mean, they came from something real, and if you miss enough, your company's going to die. But they're very rarely just actual are you, disaster, are you saying doom, and gloom Very deadlines. few deadlines actually put the dead in deadline? Yeah. 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 Do you... If I were a more organized man, I would have a little notebook and in it on one side would be all the deadlines I had ever been given or created for myself or assigned. And on the right would be like whether I met it or not. And it would be like and 10%. I would be able to say, <laughs> yeah, like 5% of the time I met my deadline or the team met a deadline or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's got to be a pretty low percentage. So all the more reason you don't want to kill yourself to try to meet it, right? Yeah. On the one hand, but on the other hand, you don't want to be the schmuck who causes your team to miss the deadline, right? Yeah. I don't know that guilt is a very good long-term motivation for work, though. I don't know. I've kind of built a life on it. <laughs> it's working great for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you become... So whether the deadline is real or not... You certainly don't want to be working toward a fake deadline, and it would be great to know why you have the deadlines you have in the first place, so you can really understand what the repercussions are if they're missed, right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of the key here to this to this question, which is, how do you stay on top of the deadlines, especially if they change, and especially if they're artificial in the first place? And I think the answer is that you hack your CEO's calendar, and 
there the truth will be revealed. Oh, I thought you were going to say you just move it by <laughs> half an hour every hour or something. <laughs> the deadline slowly drifts away. <laughs> yeah, to mimic what is actually happening in the work. <laughs> You're saying hack the calendar, find out that they have a meeting penciled in with, yes, I don't know, some some person to show it off. Yes. Or, I So, oh, go ahead. I was going to say write a little script that hacks the calendar, pulls down the deadline information, and then emails you if it ever changes. Mm. There you go. Have you ever been in a situation where there's been some deadline that was causing you stress or pressure, and then you have found out it's been for the dumbest reason, just arbitrary the person who made it was like, I don't know, I guess this day. <laughs> and they don't need, they like forgot about it and don't even care. Um, probably. <laughs> that's, that's definitely happened you, to me you, where I, I'm just like slaving away. I'm so stressed out about it. I, I might come up to them and be like, I don't know if we're going to make it, man. Like blood dripping from my wounds. And they're like, Oh, that old thing. Oh, that got pushed way off. And I totally, or like, that wasn't the meeting I had it for got canceled. What do you know? I, so, oh, go ahead. I haven't seen it be that flippant, but what I have seen is that people will put deadlines, they'll impose deadlines that are really far out, so they seem just super easy and achievable, but then no one remembers to plan for that date, and then the date comes, <laughs> and then it's like a month away, and everyone starts freaking out. Oh. I haven't seen that as much. I've seen it more where it just filters through a lot of different layers of communication and the urgency gets increased at each layer <laughs> yeah. until the people who are responsible for implementing it are feeling a lot of pressure and the yeah, person who created yeah. it is just like, it'd be cool if it got done here because <laughs> I'm going to have this phone call and it, it'd be <laughs> nice to have it for the phone call. <laughs> Turn, and then it turned into like a drop dead date. Yeah, yeah. Like staying up all night, swapping out punch cards in real time <laughs> on the mainframes. So I think we answered the second question here first, which is, is this common or is this just me? <laughs> Sounds like it's pretty common. Uh, the, not knowing about it feels weird to me. If it changes, you mean? Yeah. Deadlines changing is, is very common in my experience, but I usually know about it when they change yeah that's been my experience too in fact it's usually such good news that everyone just can't help themselves but spreading the news far and wide hey yeah did you hear that our deliverable date got shipped back a month isn't that great yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like the water cooler it's all people talk about yeah either that or or feature reworks have happened to make it easier to hit the deadline or something there's always some sacrifice but it's never a surprise yeah so here's how you know if you missed the memo somehow but you've started to notice that your coworkers are going home like two hours earlier than usual for a week or two, probably a deadline pushed back. <laughs> I wonder if this could be, uh, I mean, you mentioned going home two weeks earlier. I wonder if this could be like a underhanded tactic to motivate people. I mean, deadlines get used to motivate a lot, actually. And, and if you think, well, we just won't tell them it shipped. It's like how I get my family ready to go places. And I tell them <laughs> we need to be there before we need to actually be there and then and then you get there on time well sometimes <laughs> depending on how long it takes to find your kids shoes yeah usually it's me making us late honestly so <laughs> and i know the real deadline so it doesn't help me <laughs> you can't trick yourself but no i i am way too smart for myself <laughs> i'll outthink myself every time 
But I, yeah, I wonder if this is just a sneaky tactic and it's working on you. <laughs> it could be. That would be pretty mean. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. So let, um, let me tell you a little habit that I've gotten into. And mostly it's because I'm just so darn stubborn and kind of jaded. And that is that anytime I get a deadline, I ask where it came from. Like, where's it, what's motivating the deadline? And uh, this is sometimes a hard question to answer because some people just take a deadline like your manager and just run with it. They're like, we will do this. Yes, sir. You know, like, salute. Let's do it. And then they come down to me and I'm like, where'd that deadline come from? They're like, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. But my boss said it's a deadline. So I like to push to know. Like, what's motivating this? Is it like a, an industry event? Is it a school calendar thing? Like, I know you had that at one company, right, Jameson? Yes. Is it like a is it a customer driven thing or did it just come from some manager's head? Like they're like this is the date that I want it and I want to know that. And I think a lot of times knowing the root of the deadline will help you to better track if it changes. Yeah, that's a really good point. It it does feel like someone is dropping the ball somewhere if you don't know about the deadline. Definitely. I don't know. That's that's real weird. Another thing to look at is look out for heroism i guess individual heroics mm-hmm. especially in pursuit of of aggressive deadlines i think it's different if you are on a team that is committed and and working really hard and and has chosen to commit and work really hard but if you're just the lone person working those extra hours and slaving away and cranking to get stuff done that feels real bad, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you find out the deadline w- didn't get hit. Oh, yeah. And then when you find out, it just, like, changed and was arbitrary the whole time. It was no big deal. So, yeah, I I, I think companies are happy to take as much as you will give them. Oh, yeah. And you don't need to give them that much, especially in pursuit of unrealistic or or arbitrary deadlines. So I was thinking back over the last few years about deadlines that I've seen and been aware of. And I don't think this has ever happened to me where the deadline got pushed back without me knowing about it. And one of the things that I do is if you have a sprint retrospective that you do periodically or a sprint planning meeting, that and that you do regularly, that is a good place to review what the deadlines are that your team is is delivering on um, Mm -hmm. at the start of each sprint. Like what are we delivering for and then make the whole team aware and uh, um, it's a good time to review because that's where that's where you're planning, right? That's where you're actually putting together the list of tasks that you're going to be executing on and trying to decide if you can meet that deadline. So this should be yeah. like a regular discussion that happens in your team. And if you don't have a mechanism to make that discussion happen, you need one. And uh, it might be the fact that you didn't know about this uh, due date getting pushed back might actually just be a symptom of you not having a regular mechanism for communicating this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I I really like the idea of having it a part of the meeting because it if the deadline is real, it should affect what you do. <laughs> like, yeah. If you have to hit the deadline, then you need to plan on who's going to do what to finish all the stuff you have or how is the stuff you have left to do going to change so that you can achieve it all. Good words. Those are good words. <laughs> good job, Dave. <laughs> oh, I thought your words were good. Oh. Well, I was paraphrasing your words. Oh, so. great. That's good. Yours were the good ones. Okay. <laughs> Yours were just derivative words. <laughs> yes. Well, I do I do think it's interesting that you this listener has been just working super hard to try to meet this deadline that turned out to be fake. Meanwhile, the coworkers are not. And 
did you notice like I, I it must maybe it's an isolated work area or something like what I just have a hard time imagining a scenario where I'm just busting my chops every day and my coworkers are all kicking back in the ball pit you know and I'm like yeah hmm, I guess they're just lazy I don't know like what happened you know I would probably yeah. do a little introspection there and try to figure out how I you know became the hero and everyone else was just chilling mm-hmm well have we answered the question? More or less. <laughs> About as good as we ever do. <laughs> okay. Well, in in two weeks, we'll answer it even better. I promise. Okay. <laughs> well, in a deadline. The, well, once, maybe if we had a little schedule pressure, we'd do a better job. Yeah. We did talk about 30 seconds left to do the outro. Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> Let's see here. We had... Oh, yeah. Episode 9. This was a pretty good episode about deadlines and maybe it'd be worth it to go back and see if we disagreed with ourselves there but it was basically (laughs) that was more like self-imposed deadlines i think i think it was the like are deadlines ever good i guess yeah like are they effective yeah i remember talking about how they it it can be tempting to not get anything done to to iterate for 10 cycles without releasing anything without deadlines oh man worlds collide that just happened yeah that's why i picked these these two questions because they go together that's right you're such a good planner Thank you. Well, question answered, I think. Good luck. Best of luck to you. And we will give you a deadline of three weeks from today to write back with how our feedback worked for you. Yes. And we may or may not change that deadline between now and then. You better check in and see. (laughs) Uh, We'll let you know in three weeks if the deadline (laughs) held or not. That's right. <laughs> Dave, where can people go if they would like to have their questions answered? You can follow the masses of people this week who went to our website and filled out the form to ask a question. We literally had like triple the people this week. Uh, I don't know what happened in the world. A whole bunch of soft Thank you so much. A <laughs> whole bunch of soft skills crises were playing out this week, I think. And we heard your cries <laughs> yes, and we will respond. <laughs> what did Yoda say when when they destroyed that planet with the Death Star? something something silent voices millions millions of voices crying out that's what we heard (laughs) yeah so anyway you can go to softskills.audio you can that ends in them all dying oh this will end in you feeling smarter and better that's right (laughs) and knowing what to do (laughs) or not that was another setting on the death star ray i believe (laughs) it was the you flip a switch and it it just like clears away your anxiety (laughs) just blast the whole planet with it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i could use one of those occasionally yeah (laughs) what would you call it the life star (laughs) the life star (laughs) it's a friendly moon (laughs) (laughs) that's no moon it's an anxiety washing away battle station (laughs) (laughs) it's the friend star the hug star (laughs) the the therapy star (laughs) yeah okay Enough of that silly joke. That was just silly. Okay. Anyway, you can go to softskills.audio and click ask a question up there. It will present you with a beautiful on-theme color-coded Google form where you can give us details about your problem slash question, and you can give us as much information as you want about yourself, or you can remain perfectly anonymous. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.